<laughs> Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson, but I used to try to be Peggy Lipton. And, um, and my guest tonight on The Road Taken is Michael Cole, and I love him, and I'm so excited that he's here. I can't stand it. Okay, so we're live, so let's, let's, um, so I'm like still freaking out. Um, Louise has seen me host 94 shows. Have I ever been like I have been today? No, you're a mess. I, I'm an absolute mess. My eye makeup is running. I'm, I've, I've, I'm, 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 my heart is palpitating. I can't speak. And, um, and I was, I was telling Michael that when I was 15 and in my bedroom in Queens, New York, if somebody would have told me that Michael Cole was going to be in my living room one day, um, that would have given me reason to live. <laughs> so, so, um, well, because you were there doing that, I had a reason to live. Oh God, you know, he's, wow. he he's like, I loved Pete Cochran like crazy, but I love Michael Cole more. I, and, and this is shock. This is shocking to me because, uh, actually somebody put something really funny on Facebook today. They were saying, um, you know, I have a hard time being a fan of, of, of Michael Cole's because he played a cop and he was busting people. And then I read your quote that you didn't want to take the part because of I, that. I got in a big argument with Aaron Spelling. T tell us. We went over to, my agent told me, uh, there's a really hot producer that's got an idea for a show. Uh-huh. And he wants to meet you. So he said, Aaron Spelling. I'm thinking, wait a minute, okay, okay, okay. This really James Dean period. Oh, I didn't turn the sound off. Okay, yeah. Really James Dean period. I was, I don't know if I can say any words. You can say everywhere. If you can fuck, you can shit, you can say whatever you want. Thank you. I can hear you guys twittering over there. Yeah. And when Aaron asked me about the show, he said, Mod Squad. I said, Mod Squad? What the hell does that mean? What's this about? Now, in the, was that, did, did he coin that? I mean, Mod was already a word before he yeah. coined it, right? He, he, yeah, it was a word. It well, was a word, but, but it was the beginning of the word. No, Wait, hang on a second, Michael. I'm going to like kill those two women over there in the corner that are making, that are talking through this whole show. You told us to share the page. Michael's thing. gorgeous wife is here, Shelly. We're going to grab her and pull her on later. Okay, so, so, um, so, okay, so, so. Go to Aaron's office. Yeah. And, uh, and I've only done a couple of shows at such a time. You were doing movies first, though, right? I, I did a 3D movie. Get out of here in the 60s? Yeah. It was 3D. And but it also did a gun smoke right. know, TV but, thing, Run for Your Life. But I thought those were after the Mod Squad. No. No, those were before. Yes. Oh. And uh, there's a whole story about how I got in. Did you hear me whistle? No. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, before you tell your story, we're going to be talking a lot about this today because um, he played the white guy. And his book is called I Played the White Guy, and it just dropped. And we're going to be talking about this, but I had to show you because I'm, I'm just looking at the fabulous cover. Um, okay, so tell the air. Oh, oh, it doesn't that look just. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Okay, so there, there's Peggy. But Michael, tell them what you told me when you, when you saw this picture. I thought, literally, I thought that was a shot of Peggy. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. Okay, so tell the Aaron Spelling story. I go into Aaron's office, and I was really in my James Dean 
I can't stand anything. I remember. Oh, oh, angry young man. Oh man. <laughs> yes, and uh, Aaron said it's called the Mod Squad. What? What the hell's that? Mod. Anyways, it's about three young cops that are undercover or whatever. And I said, no, never mind. I don't want to do it because I'm not going to do a show that I would be busting my friends. I'd be with those people. If you want me to be, do the show, give me a motorcycle and let me let me go. And, um, and I really got pretty pissed off at the whole thing. And I said to my agent, come on, let's get the hell out of here. And Aaron said, wait, wait, <laughs> wait. He jumped up on his desk and he said, that's exactly Exactly what I want. Oh Aaron my was only about God! This big. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a jump. So he needed to jump he up jump on his desk. <laughs> Did he really jump on his desk? Yes. Oh my <laughs> God! I love this story. And, and he had eyes that were like <laughs> <laughs> when he really got excited. And he said, "Michael, Michael, don't go." I thought as sure as hell I was going to get thrown off a Paramount lot. You know those big skates that. Uh, the door things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he's, he said, uh, you're it. I want you to do the show. I want your peacock ring. That's it. I, that, that's it for me. I said, wait a minute, what? What is this show really about? And Aaron said, Carrie. Oh. But Carrie. And the show really was about the three of us and Ty Ganders, God mm -hmm. rest his soul, mm -hmm. uh, about caring for each other. It was. As we really came out of the streets, etc., etc., etc. And personally, I had basically that kind, except we didn't have any money. My mother and my brother and I, we had to move around a lot because. Uh, my father, my biological father, who is another story. Well, we're going to talk about that story. Okay. Um, abandoned us. Mm. How and old were you? I, wasn't, I don't think I was even born. Oh, wow. And um, it was rough. It, it really was rough. And you grew up in Wisconsin. Yes, in Madison, Wisconsin. And it doesn't seem like it might be. But there's some tough little areas oh, really? in that town, yeah. The east side. And were you on the wrong side of the tracks kind of thing? I was almost on the tracks. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, wrong side of the tracks is right. Man. Were you like were you like a bad kid when you were a little kid? Were you a bad boy from the beginning? Not, not really. No. I'll tell you one one reason I can say that. Honestly, okay. I was born and raised Irish Catholic. Okay. Now I'll probably start talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to church? Yes. Ah. But what happened was, and I battled the church all my life, thinking and feeling. It's different now, but if somebody got divorced mm -hmm. at that time, mm -hmm. they were excommunicated. Right. And I, this is my mother. My mosh is approaching sainthood. Mm. Sainthood. And, and my brother and I meant it. 
and they threw her out. There should have been a lot uh, of priests. Oh. They, yeah, a lot of priests should have been yeah. out. And I, for years, I carried that. Oh. Really. So you're, so you're, they, they divorced, your parents divorced? He divorced your mother? When this, the okay. reason she got, I had never met my real father. Oh. And uh, the reason that happened, the excommunication, was because uh, she went to a, Dallas, of all places, when we were like two years old, three years old, mm -hmm. on a train to find him. Nothing. And um, she worked her ass off to to keep the three of us together. What did, what did your mother do to, to, to earn a living? Almost anything she could. Uh, I mean, from taking in sewing and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and washing dishes and and finally she got a job, which was really neat, at, the, uh, at a really good clothing store. Mm. And I know where she was going with this, too. So that she needed discounts. Oh. And I could wear something because she was very proud of both of us. Did she, get, did she get to see you be successful? Yes. Aww. I'm so thankful for that. Well, that makes two of us. Um, um, I'm looking to see, um, oh, I just, there, there's all these people. There's so many people. I can't look right now. But, but, but what I want to say is Harry actually had a really good idea, Louise. Mm -hmm. When we get towards the end of the show, mm -hmm. we're going to look and we're going to give people an opportunity if they have questions for Michael that will actually go to the video. No, we're going to go to the iPad and we're going to take your questions, but not till later because first... I'm gonna ask mine, because um, I got him in my living room. And his wife is right there, so it's all above board and it's all cool, and Shelly is the coolest, and she's absolutely fine that I can't breathe in front of her husband. Um, um, she's <laughs> laughing at me. Um, okay, so, okay, so, so you're a kid, you, you're, you, there's, no, there's not money, um, you're a good kid at the beginning, you're a good Catholic kid. We tried this. I tried, my brother was exactly the opposite. Oh. I tried to, Tried to stay good, and your brother I, was older. Yeah, uh -huh. two years older. And one time, I stole the roll of dimes out of somebody's apartment. How'd you get into their apartment? No. The, oh, you were already in the apartment. No, yeah, oh. I was already in there okay. with because I was running around with one of the kids. Uh huh. We about maybe five, six years old. A roll of dimes. Whoa, this must be. Uh, They're rich. Absolutely. I, my <laughs> mind was racing. <laughs> I could get with that. A lot of candy. So the old demon, right? The old demon was on my shoulder. Do it, Michael. Do it. <laughs> and uh, so I took it, put it in my pocket, and walked out. I started feeling so guilty. Oh. So bad. Somebody even mentioned they thought my brother did it. And that's not going to happen. And if Ma found out, I, that chokes me up right there. So I, uh, I did the next best thing. I took the roll of dimes and I threw it in the front yard. And I said, hey, there's your dimes. Right there, there's it right. I don't know how they got there. 
Oh, but but you weren't going to let your brother take the fall. Or not my mother to find out, oh, yeah. Aww. I never would do that. Um, so you had conscience as a kid. Did you continue to have conscience as alcohol? Okay, go ahead. Let me put this go way. Ahead. It was one of the first times that I had to go to confession oh. when I really had something to say. So what did you do the rest of the time when you were a kid? You make some nonsense <laughs> up. Did you really? You're scared to death, for one thing. I mean, when they say you're uh, going to hell, they literally mean it. And that's what they're telling this, this little is, guy. You're talking to three Jewish girls, so well, I, I don't I have, have experience with this. Yeah, I respect the Jewish. I respect caring. Mm -hmm. And Shelly has shown me. First of all, she taught me the three S words. Shmata, schmutz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Schmuck? Uh, is there schmuck in there? Yeah, schmuck. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, when she came to... in, she said she taught you the S words. That's hysterical. Schmata, schmutz, and And the other, yeah, the other S word is Shelly. Oh, that's a, that's a good S word. Yes, that's a good is. S word. See, we're teasing everybody because she's so gorgeous and she's sitting over there hiding. But we're, we'll we'll get her out here. I promise. Um, okay, so wait before we get any further, I just wanna I just wanna give a shout out to 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 our sponsors that I love and adore. So my fabulous hairdresser Nicole Venables, who I adore. Um, she 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 sports the look, and she has these fabulous products at uh, from at the Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City. Ruby Begonia. Ruby Begonia, and she's in Studio City, not far from you guys. And um, and you can get her products at Friends.com Beauty Supply also. And then um, our beloved printer Rick Smokey, who makes my stuff and uh, all of this stuff. And I was telling Michael that if you guys need anything for your book. Rick and Quick Impressions in Chicago are the best, and they will do wow. anything you want for you. And he does so much philanthropy. He does so much charitable Ooh. work. That's what he's all about. He's He's been an angel for women who write from my literary salon from day one. He made us swag, and he's, he's just a wonderful person. And so when you do business, you want to do it with a wonderful person, right? You want to give business to a wonderful person. Those are the people I want to do business with, and, and he's pretty much the best there is. And I also want to say... I'm gonna let Michael say it. We're giving a shout out, happy birthday. Do you remember her name? No, because I put him on the spot. Yeah. Jolene. Would you say, Jolene? Say, say, say happy, tell that Happy girl. birthday, Jolene. <laughs> and I did know your name. And he did know your name, and, and, and Jolene. Didn't know she was trying to pull you. <laughs> I, I put him totally on the spot. Happy birthday, Jolene. Love you. And you got a shout out from Michael Cole. And what's Absolutely. Her? She's losing her mind right now. Okay. So look, look, that everybody's like doing things. I'm doing a little love there. So, okay. So, so you're, so you're this six year old little kid. You're, you're a good Christian kid. How between. No, I wouldn't say good Christian kid. All right. So when did you start going wrong? So how did. How did the bad boy start surfacing? When, when did that happen? When, uh, in, in some areas, it always seems like in the poorest of the poor, yeah. there's a, some bastard owns most of the houses. You know, and... Uh, I grew up in the Bronx, so it was apartment buildings, okay. but Louise grew up in... Louise, was it like that in your town? No, I grew up in suburban Buffalo. Oh, okay. Um... The, this was really like the wrong side of the tracks. As a matter of fact, the streetcar and train cars 
would go right down the middle of the street. So wow. there was train cars, a big marsh, more tracks, etc., etc. That's more. I'm sorry. So, so, at, so I was saying, at what point did this good oh, boy no. like yeah. start to go a little wrong? As I, it started with the dimes. It started yeah, with the dimes. Yeah, but I, I don't count that anymore because I you gave really, them back. Yeah. <laughs> Went to confession. And you bastard owned all the. All the uh, oh right, yeah. some thank you, Louise. And so, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, it came time. My mom was getting to, totally uh, beat up. Mm. She had to work every day and every sometimes at night, just get a few things together so we could eat and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, I. Uh, I would wait looking out the window for her to come home from work. Um, it's I, that's hard to remember. I mean, it's hard to not to feel. Absolutely. So. Did I'm you surprised. know? Did you know you were poor? Did you know that? Did you know? Did you feel different than other no, kids? No, not really, because everybody around you was poor. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's always some bastard that owns the lion's share of all these houses and all these people have to pay him the rent. Mm -hmm. We could not pay the rent. It was actually my grandmother's house, but this guy owned it, who owned the goddamn bank, mm -hmm. who owned uh, many things around that area. And uh, if you can't pay the rent, you're out. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So about this age, I started getting angry. Mm -hmm. This was not right, not right. And my mother, who my brother and I thought was approaching a, a, approaching sainthood, mm -hmm. we had to move, and that was the time. That time started for quite a few years of living with an aunt, living mm -hmm. with a so and so, living with a friend, whatever have you, and we. So did you have to split up, the three of you? We eventually did. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I started. Um, actually, a few years forward, I know, I know, I don't want to get this out there because I know there's a hell of a lot of people out there that are alcoholics and drug addicts, etc., etc. I started at about maybe 11, 12 years old drinking. Wow. Not good. Do you remember your first drink? No. Really? I remember we stole some beer. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we're in Wisconsin, it's, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> uh, and, and you were a tough guy. You, you know, if you could drink a lot, you were... Anyway, uh, that's, that's when I really started to go down. If you will, um, most of my friends were either in prison or dead. Wow! How, at, at, at a young age, when you were like a teenager? Yeah, they were. There was a couple of areas you could go to. I mean, a couple mm. of places you could go, and one was right outside of Milwaukee. This is for bad boys, you know. Um, I don't want to sound too bad because I gave that ten dollars back. <laughs> You did. You did. So you you had even though you were a bad boy and you were an alcoholic early, you still had conscience. Yeah, that, that comes from my mother. Mm -hmm. 
And as much as I hated to say it at the time, uh, it came from my God. Mm -hmm. And the, well, as I started to, you know what, when I, I hated school, but I loved education. Mm. Because I didn't like the authority. Somebody telling you what to do instead of trying to teach you what to do. Uh -huh. And you know, that, that, that was a very, very important part. Um, were you good, so were you not a good student because of that? I started out great. Oh no, I did skip the first day of kindergarten. <laughs> I went, there were two places to go and ten. My brother Ted uh -huh. took me, and one was here, one was here today. And he said, there's the kindergartens. And I went to the wrong room. And I said, whoa, they showed me the names. My name was not here. Good. No school today. <laughs> Wait, really? but you could already read, so. Yeah. Well, no, oh, I couldn't find my name. He knew his name. He could find his name. Yeah, I guess yeah, pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good that you knew what your name looked like. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. And, and uh, I went out in the middle of the playground and sat there all day. No, by yourself? Yeah, waiting for my brother to get out of school. <laughs> and then we went home. Aww. There's another interesting thing uh, to me, anyway. It's, why do I still remember it? Because I always wanted to be on one of those trains that went by the house, like a Johnny Cash mm. song. Uh, a plane went overhead, a little like Piper Cub or something like that. And I remember sitting there wanting to be on that plane with my mother and my brother. Oh. And the whole, I made up a family. I've literally made up a family, and you can bet your ass it. I had the best father, most Aww. handsome father in the world. Nobody could take that away. Aww. And my mother was so fine, and I had like 14 brothers and sisters <laughs> and about 60 cousins and two couple of sets of grandpas and stuff like that. So, I, And they were my partners. And then sooner or later, as we got on, I got to trust, not the church, mm -hmm. but I found my way in to trust Christ. Mm -hmm. And Christ became my buddy. Mm -hmm. I said, this is a really neat guy. He's caring for these people. He's doing now that and the crucifixion. And uh, yeah, he was really my partner. Every time I'd get in trouble, I said, well, what do I do now, Jesus? Jesus <laughs> <laughs> so, so what kind of what kind of trouble were you getting into? What what did trouble look like for you? Drinking and fighting mostly. Did you get arrested? Quite a few times. Quite a few, when you were when you were young. Yeah. But the so, cops got to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Not at all. But the cops got to know you, mm. and uh, they knew you weren't really bad. Bad. A lot of guys were turning in that way, mm -hmm. turning to be bad. Mm -hmm. So at a certain age, or probably 15 or 16, well, a lot of my buddies were in prison. 
Wow. Did they put kids in prison when they're 15 and 16? No, they, they grew up and then uh, they graduated. From, they graduated yeah, to prison. From the boys' schools and all mm. that stuff. Uh, I loved every one of them and they loved me. And what was really neat is my mom loved those guys. Aww. They would come to her and say, Mrs. Cole, when they weren't, you know, they're on probation or whatever, parole, they would knock on the door and we were adopted at this time, high school. You know, I, 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 it lapsed a lot of time right in there, but, um, and they would ask Ma if uh, she needed anything. Aww. I mean, these guys just got out of, Aww. you know, and, yes, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. Shovel snow or cut the grass or something like that. And we had, this time we had a stepfather too. Mm. And, um, How'd you get along with him? Didn't. Didn't, didn't, didn't. Um, was he good to your mother? Yeah, but she could see that we were really fighting. And mm -hmm. so, she, she, they really got together, and I'll never think otherwise. She fell in love with him after they got together. But I think they got together because he had a pretty good job. And she wanted you guys taken care of. It was the first house we ever had. Oh. Thank you. You knew that. Of course. I'm a mother. That's, that's okay. yeah. And, yeah. My brother was an incredible young man. He, he went to the University of Wisconsin uh, and graduated there. And then he became a military man. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot. Oh, wow. And he would come and find me when I would run away and stuff like that. Or <laughs> he, he really, and he knew his father-in-law was mm -hmm. the chief of police. Oh, wow. Which... He must have known, the chief of police must have known you well back then. You know what he did? Yeah. <laughs> he, he gave me, when I, I went back during Moscow and I, to say hello, and, and he gave me a rap sheet of, of like a, 12 to 15, 16, 15 year old kid. And it was all shit like stealing a bike or doing stuff like that, but, but as a joke, and it wasn't really a oh, joke. Oh, it wasn't your rap sheet? Yeah, it was. Oh, oh it was? <laughs> yeah, that's because my brother's father-in-law. That's hysterical. That, so, okay, <laughs> so, um, so you're, you're, what was the first thing you wanted to be when you, so you, you grow up in this like tough, wrong side of the tracks, you don't have money, your mother's struggling, you don't have a dad, and you see the plane. What's your dream for yourself? What's, what's the first dream you can remember you had for yourself? Did I you want to be an actor? No, I, I think it's always been my theory that in any of the arts, mm -hmm. and I was drawing a lot and sculpting and my art teachers became my friends. Uh -huh. I didn't have to go to school in the day. I went to school at night. And uh, we would, my art teachers and I would roll newspapers down the hallway and I would paint wow. like a Paris skyline for the operettas that were going on and stuff like that. And uh, my art teachers became my real buddies. Do you still do, you still do yeah, art? from time to time, Shelley yells at me to, you know, <laughs> Every once in a while, and I'll, something will come out. Um, but what I started to say before was, when you're involved 
in the uh, arts, in the creative community, you don't have any choice mm -hmm. if it's real. Mm -hmm. it's, at the end of some, I did a lot of plays after my last one. And uh, they would, I'd come out and I'd talk to them. You, you did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, that's what Oh, I can so see you as brick. Oh, forget about it. Oh, I already had drinking down to a science. Didn't drink during the show. But that's good. Okay, so let me ask you that. So when you were in the height of, we're going all out of order, I'm sorry, but I just thought of the okay. question. So when you were working, like when you were doing Mod Squad, are you drinking on, are you, are you drinking? No. In, you're not. Afterward. Afterward. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you kind of, well, there's, there's a lot of stories there. Clarence, and, thank God for Clarence and Peggy, because they knew what was going on. They did. And they loved me. I loved them. And it was really the crux, kind of all the mod squad. Mm -hmm. We, you know, just like I said before, the show was about caring. Mm -hmm. and we cared for each other because we didn't have any other place to go. Um, P. Cochran's backstory was that he stole cars. Was that your backstory? Part of it, yeah. Oh. And uh, racing mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and which is really, I don't suggest that for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so I, 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 no, I, I, I keep interrupting you. I'm, I'm like, I want to know everything. So I love this man so much. Oh, God. So I love the fact that you're this real, you know, I think of P. Cochran and I think of you as like this bad boy. You know, I, I was very attracted to that bad boy. But you were that bad boy with the attitude. And, but you're actually this really sensitive and, 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 and soft and warm and... And uh, so that, that's just more credit to the actor that you are, is that you were able to play that so convincingly, but there's this incredible humanity in you. Yes, it was rough for a while, because uh, I think that's what kept me out of like, doing time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, could, I had a lot of friends that say, Michael, or Mickey, they call me Mick, mm -hmm. for the Irish thing. And, uh, Get a call. I call one of the guys there and go visit him. I said, "Don't do this. You don't want to be here." Mm. You're right. You're absolutely right. And so um, I got married at 16 instead. You what? Yes. Is that was that even legal? I had to quit school was legal, and I had to quit school before we could get married. And I married a really young girl, we were very much in love, but her father mm -hmm. was very powerful wealth. Oh, wow. And he did not look kind on this little bastard from the other. <laughs> did, did, did you have a job? Like, how did you, how no, did you support said, your wife? I just had quit school, and we, there was a baby on the way. Oh, okay. And, uh, Oh, that made, oh, must have made her father very happy. <laughs> her brother was really an ass. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I got to have the job. So I went out to Oscar Mayer. Mm -hmm. It was a big Oscar Mayer plant in Madison and uh, applied.
applied to be, as one of my buddies was, a meat cutter. Okay. It was legitimate. Wow. Okay. And I went there to join the union one day, a week or so. And uh, one of the union guys comes up to me and says, Hey, um, I'm sorry. We understand you're, you've got some problems. And you've had problems with the police, etc. So we can't take you into the union. What the hell do you mean? It's all on the waterfront? <laughs> but I couldn't join the union. And so that job, and I know what happened. Her brother, or at least I believe this, her brother, older brother, uh, I don't think her dad was involved, but he ran the town. Uh, but why would they sabotage you when you're going to be the father of their of the kid? Well, there was a lot of talk, and I went to this. These bastards! It's that baby's going to be born. I don't give a shit what you say. That baby is going to be born, and. Uh, there were some threats coming down, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, I, I really realized from being born in kind of in the streets and stuff like that, if I got in trouble, kept getting in trouble, I was gonna rob some joint or something because of, I had to feed my baby, mm -hmm. our baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, well, uh, her brother would follow me around to not let me in the family. And that kind of crap. So, so I went to a, a priest that I trusted, and I went to the newspaper, the Wisconsin State Journal, mm -hmm. and told them the situation. So if anything happens to me, if I oh, lined wow. up on the bottom of a lake. Oh, wow. That's why. Oh, wow. And that's a true story. And so, um, candy was more. And, and did you get a job? What happened was really, really... Thanks, Christ. My buddy, Christ. Uh... The old man wasn't as bad as I thought. This guy knew everybody and ran the, basically ran the state. Uh, worked very hard and built an empire. Right? Um, I, Jesus, I, I, this is so much what's happening. My mind is going a billion miles an hour. I was just talking about when the baby was born. The baby was born, and I was asking you, like, if you were able to get work, and you said, yeah, thanks to Christ, you were. I, because of my father-in-law, mm -hmm. who owned a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a big street, important street that comes right off the state capitol uh -huh. and down right into the uh, campus. Mm -hmm. And on this corner, he owned the bookstore that sold all the text to the University of oh, Wisconsin wow. students. Um, mm -hmm. And he, I got a job there because of him. 
Uh -huh. But it was a blessing in disguise. That's why I said I love, lo I hated school, but I love education. I started looking around all of a sudden these books. It was unbelievable. The, 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 the writers that I did, Camus, how the hell would I have ever found Camus? Mm -hmm. and, um, and the beat poets, the Ferlinghetti's, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, Kerouac and all that yeah, stuff. Kerouac, yeah. And, uh, and so I, I started reading, mm -hmm. and I made some good friends with students mm -hmm. that were working part-time there. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends, we just, we just lost him a few years ago, was a philosophy major. Mm -hmm. And uh, that really became Jack philosophy, so I could put all these pieces of my life somehow philosophically together. Mm -hmm. And Bruce helped me a hell of a lot. As I, as I went on, I got to know some of the professors, mm -hmm. and they would let me audit their classes. Oh wow! Like with school in eighth grade, but they were. There was one philosophy professor that was wonderful. He held his classes in this huge bar <laughs> in the ends of the campus. It was called the what the hell was it? I don't know. And anyway, he would have his whole class. Come down. Uh -huh. Pictures and pictures of beer. I said, Get out of here! Over? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, absolutely, my gosh, Julius Weinberg still got philosophy books out there. Anybody's named Julius Weinberg has to be a professor, <laughs> right? <laughs> he was a beauty, and uh, that—that's when I started talking about. I mean, thinking about learning. Mm -hmm. I hated school. You, you literally dropped out in eighth grade? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And did I hear something that you had, like, liquor in your locker? Or were you already drinking then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. How do you think I got through all those nights of painting Paris style? <laughs> <laughs> and were, you, any, were no. you in any plays in school? No. No. So no. You're not act, you have not acted yet at all? No, but that was as close. I was sneak, kind of sneaking around acting. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Painting uh, the, the skylines. Right. Okay. Um, and my art teachers, but actually, they were like my best friends. Mm -hmm. I had to move to Milwaukee right before I was 16. Mm -hmm. And then you could quit. Oh. In, mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, anyway. And, uh, well... I had to leave, I had to leave Madison. Mm -hmm. And my friends, uh, you know, on the corner, that kind of thing. And I told my mom, I said, I'm not getting in any more trouble. I'm gonna give this a shot. I'll, I'll come to Milwaukee. And she said, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And, uh, Last thing I remember in Madison was I was sitting on the curb and I had a bottle of whiskey right in the gutter. Took a couple of huge swigs. And last thing I remember was everything just faded to black. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, 
three, four days later, I woke up in jail. Ooh. And I had my little orange jumpsuit on and all that. And uh, my ma, my stepdad was there at this time. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to go through this stuff with him. But now I felt my heart was breaking for my mother and my brother. And uh, they said, uh, I have a little orange, they say that jumps yeah. uh, Dane County on the back. So they said, you know, you can call your mother, we understand you're going to Milwaukee, whatever. They, I'm getting out of town as far as they're concerned. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I thanked them, I said, you know, you guys are just doing your job. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'll take the rap. I'll take it all. I own it. And uh, I was in that place where, you know, you talk through on the phone to you. Visitor. They really have those, huh? I've never been there. I've only seen them in the movies. You've never been in jail? I've never been in jail. Oh, man, we got to see to that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was like, <laughs> it's so, when he laugh, when you laugh, like when you smile and you laugh, you are, I, you are exactly that face that I remember from... Thing. You are exactly that face. It's killing me. Every t every time you smile and laugh, it's like, oh my god. I can laugh at a lot of stuff now. I would never laugh at. I bet that's true. Um, so anyway, I moved to Milwaukee in that for about I don't know a couple of weeks. I couldn't stand it. Went to school, Milwaukee, Washington. Mm -hmm. It was a tough school. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was very tough. And I fell asleep. I only had a couple months or so to go. And I and you're break. drinking while you're in school. Absolutely. Uh huh. Stealing whatever I could get. Mm. And I was laying there, there was sitting like this in my chair once, about half asleep. And this bastard comes walking down the hallway. I didn't know who I was, and he kicked my feet like that out of the aisle. Wait, wait. I'm starting to kiss again. <laughs> After the class, this other kid came up to me and he said, I saw that right now. To hell with him. Found the son of a bitch. I grabbed him. And I put up against the locker and slammed the goddamn locker on his head and there was blood pouring all over. I said, son of a bitch. And uh, I don't know what really happened. And so I, uh, the next day or two, I, uh, I hitchhiked to school, but the guy was going, the guy was <coughs> going further than the school. Uh huh. And the bus. And so I went downtown. Mm -hmm. I got a couple bucks from. God knows where. And I uh, took a Greyhound back to Madison. Now they're really looking for me. Because they know the school thing and the problems before, etc., etc. And I went back to Madison. Mm -hmm. And it was, I wanted to be by 
my girlfriend, mm -hmm. Sharon. And she got pregnant shortly after that. And I was staying with a guy that actually went to prison for quite a few years, staying with him and his mom and his brother. And, um, ah, man, it was, it was tough. I'm not trying to bleed a sorrowful story or anything like that. Because I said, like I said, I did it. I'll take the weight for it all. Mm -hmm. I'm just sorry that I hurt my mother mm -hmm. so deep. But we still, we still loved each other and my brother. Did she, how did, how did, like, how did she feel when, when Sharon got pregnant and... Uh, was she loving to the baby? Was was what was that? What was that like? Boy, I forget. It was at this guy's house. Mm -hmm. Sharon was there, and it was like a hallway, a dark hallway. And she had told me where she was, and I said, I "Gotta call mom." And we were really scared because I knew what we were battling on her side, and so I called mom in Milwaukee for a minute, and I said, Ma, what do you, um, what do you think if Sharon and I got married? Oh, no, you kids are way too young to get married. Ma, it might not be a question of age. Sharon's going to have a baby. Oh, you kids, you kids, oh. And so I said, don't worry. Please try not to worry. We will work this out. I will work this out some way, but we're going to have our baby. And I don't care if that family can get whoever the hell they want, but I got my buddies. Mm -hmm. In fact, one night her brother came to the, the house where he, where he was staying, banged on the door, and said, you know, is Michael here? And I wasn't going to go, I was going to run out the back door. Yeah. He was a lot older, maybe 30 something, you know. Oh, wow. And some restaurants and mm -hmm. all that shit. And um, he said, oh, let's go for a walk. Go for a walk now. I know what the hell this is going to be. So he left the house and started walking down the street. His buddy's car was going oh. about this. Alongside of us, something like that, and I could hear my friends jumping over the fences to keep up with us in the backyards of wow. the houses we walked by. So, and finally, I got pissed off, and I again. <laughs> that seems to be a theme. <laughs> and and uh, I, I stopped, and I just said, "Why don't you and I?" Go up to this hill in this park, and we'll fight. You son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. And these kids, and then he heard the kids, and his buddy heard the Your friends, yeah. Jumping up, and they jumped in the car and took off. This is like the sharks and the jets. Yeah. You know what, I don't know if we've ever had a guest, Louise, who's actually acted stuff out for us before. Like, I'm, you're, you're like doing like this whole show for us. I'm like having such a good time. It is, it's like, this is fantastic. You're like acting yeah, the whole like thing really out. Big enough. Okay, yeah, it's, 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 okay, so, so, so. We got married. So you got married, you have the baby. 
Yes. The family then starts to accept you a little bit? Yes. And the fact the old man respected me because uh -huh. they stuck to my guns. Mm -hmm. And him being as many battles as he's fought, mm -hmm. for business and stuff like that, um, he started to really come around. Mm -hmm. And a little girl was candy. Mm -hmm. And he bought her the first Christmas present she ever had. Mm -hmm. It was a little wind-up dog mm -hmm. that he thought was funny as hell. Here's this guy, whatever. Um, a tough guy. No, he's more than a tough guy. He didn't have to be tough. Mm -hmm. But his word was tough. Mm -hmm. Like that. He was the boss of many things. Anyway, he wound this dog up. And Candy was sitting on the floor, about a year old or so. And he put it down. Here's this guy. And thinking, man, this guy met Al Capone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the dog started and he thought that was the funniest shit. Now, honest to God, man, it's the funniest stuff in the world. And he started laughing, and then it all started to come, you know, a lot closer. Yeah. That little one, that little angel, she got it together. And that was my buddy Christ again that did this for me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, and so, it, was your mother okay with it as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, we got married in their apartment in Milwaukee. And my brother was my best man. Aww. It was neat. It was really neat. But sense of humor gets you through anything. I love that. You know, there was, we had to build like a little altar, a kneeler and stuff like that. Oh, you had like a whole Catholic ceremony? No, there was only three, four people there. But you but kneeled. Absolutely. Well, we still had, oh yeah. <laughs> We thought God still got pissed off if you didn't. Uh-huh. He probably did. Anyway, we were out of the room for a couple of minutes and getting the last thing on and borrowed this and borrowed that, whatever. And we come out into the living room and there's Ted laying like this on the kneelers. Your brother, your brother yeah. Ted's the brother, yeah. That was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> like he was dead. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I started laughing like hell. And, um, <laughs> and finally, we, you know, we did the vows and stuff. And uh, it was really neat. On the way back, he gave us a ride back to Madison with his then. I think he was married then, too. And he was on leave because mm -hmm. he became a military officer. And... Uh, in the back, I'll never forget it. In the back seat of the car, chokes me up. Sharon, sixteen-year-old, pregnant girl. It's a lot of husband. That's a <laughs> You didn't know that word back no. then. <laughs> well, Shelly, tell you. Okay. Uh, she looked at me and said, "Michael." made me very proud. Oh. This is That's in here. So, um, I played the white guy. Um, there's going to be links on my on my Facebook when you for this and and um, and actually I'm I'm just going to give a plug for it. Michael's going to be back 
in the house on June 26th on Tuesday at Women Who Write, and he's going to read to us. He's going to read to us. And you, like your acting chops are so sharp that I can't even stand it. He's going to read to us from his book. And uh, You know where that came from? Where? The old buddy of mine that said, you're going to write a book? Why don't you read one first? <laughs> okay, so let's get to it. So how did this 16-year-old young dad working in a bookstore... How do you segue into Eventually that days? unwound, and I was still drinking a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't fair to Sharon. I don't know why she didn't, we didn't split sooner. How long uh, were you married? Four years. Okay. And, uh, and how, how was that, um, how was that marriage? You were so young. Yeah, but we, at the time, we were fighting a lot of battles together, and we knew we needed each other. So you were in it together? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. she, she was a really good girl. And uh, Candy was a beautiful baby. And, but as she got a few years older, I started drinking more, mm -hmm. and the bookstore kind of wore off, and I didn't care about you know, anything really mm -hmm. and uh, so we split mm -hmm. and she got uh, she was going with another guy mm -hmm. which was fine because mm -hmm. I, I didn't want candy and then later a boy was born Jeff oh you had two kids together yeah uh -huh. and Shelly's the reason that Jeff and I are very close and love each other today oh yeah what were you estranged for a number of years yeah, quite um, a few. Um, but we made friends on the phone. How about with, excuse me, how about with Candy? Did you stay? Not as much. Candy uh -huh. lived up in northern Wisconsin with her, with her mom and uh, the guy she married. Mm -hmm. And I had already left for San Francisco, like with Kerouac. And that's what he said. Uh, um, now, we're, I'm getting... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting your story. So... We were uh, we were talking about uh, Je you were talking about Jeff. Is that what oh, we know? We right. wanted to get to Mod Squad. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did you go from being such okay. a young dad because, to becoming? Because uh, when I left court that day, mm -hmm. it was the longest walk I ever had. Mm -hmm. I had nothing. I was driving in suits and stuff like that. Driving a new Oldsmobile and. And you know, this is come from a very wealthy family mm -hmm. and powerful family. Mm -hmm. And I was standing alone. I'll never forget that because I turned that around. I turned loneliness into my best partner mm -hmm. who would never leave me. Mm -hmm. I said, hey. That's profound. Yeah, it became really my best friend. Mm -hmm. That situation. It never left me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he said, uh, Michael, you've got to get the hell out of this town. So, so now came, now you're like 20-ish? Uh, no, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, uh -huh. yes. After the 40, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, got together. I used to set pins for the bowling alley. Okay, we, we talked about this for, yeah. for a second before before we went on the air. Tell us what you really wanted to be when you grew up. I I really didn't know, but I had a feeling for the arts. Well, I thought and you wanted to be a professional bowler. 
Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. That Shedding could still tears. happen. <laughs> <laughs> my brother uh, and I were talking about it because I used to have my yeah. own ball and, 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 oh, and, and shoes. And I once bowled a 273. Stop it. I did, but I the rest of the time bowled like 125. It was one, because you know why? I had a fight with my boyfriend. And I imagined that, his, oh, that wow, he was the head good. pin, and I'm telling you, I knocked that fucker down every time. <laughs> love that. I love it. So what? When did you? You were bowling when you were? Uh... Yeah, I was. I saved a couple bucks here and there, and, mm -hmm. and my buddy and I left. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I see, it was good, but it was scary for me. For me anyway. Mm -hmm. But he'd already left places and wandered around and stuff like that, and um, wound up in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And this was when it was still San Francisco, with flowers and mm -hmm. Like Scott McKenzie, remember that song? If you ever, if you go to San, San Francisco, you should sure to wear, wear a flower in your hair. Uh -huh. And that was so true. And so what 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 year was this approximately? Sixty seven, that's the summer of love, I think. Yeah, that would be it, sixty six mm -hmm. or seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because now we're getting closer to Mod Squad. Right. And uh, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we So you get to San Francisco yeah, and yeah, what well, and you land in San Francisco is, and what do you do? This is important. Okay. I made friends with this guy. Mm -hmm. He was a gay guy. Mm -hmm. Never tried any sex stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa. And he also worked, worked for this huge lighting company mm -hmm. that did the lighting for the drama department at Berkeley. Here we go. We're getting to the story That's now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he asked me if I wanted to go with him to work because he would set the lights and all that. Uh-huh. And he said, he, he got, he said, Michael, will you get up there on the stage? Stand over there because I got to get this spot over here. And, and is this the first time that you're on the stage? Yes. <laughs> this is such a movie story. This is a movie. This has to be a well, movie. This is a great, this, I played the white guy, has to be a movie. Okay. I wish Sean Penn was a little bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he. I think he, Harry Styles will play you. Uh, okay. Um, cool. does, is Harry Styles like a bad boy? Oh yeah. Oh, is he really? Okay. Because you need it. We need I a like bad. We need already. an. I, we need an Irish bad boy. Yeah, he's is what we need. Sure. There you okay. go. Yeah. And anyway, I stand over here. Then. Right. And I started responding in my heart, in my my. Unconscious stuff uh -huh. to the audience. Wow! I could feel, and I felt safe. And and wait a minute. I'll just tell them the story. And the first play I ever did. Anyway, actually, the guy I needed a job, obviously. Mm -hmm. And my friend, lonely girl, gave me like fifty bucks or something like that, and I caught a from San Francisco called a Greyhound to uh, Las Vegas, where I worked as a bartender for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of the headliners. Mm -hmm. And old Elvis was even in town that day. Wow. Um, and, and of course Sinatra and 
Sammy and all, mm. who we got to be pretty good friends with because he did a couple of mod squads. Oh wow, God. that's right. I, I can, I can, I can remember. I can see it in my head. Wow. Oh wow, that's yeah, so great. Was, <laughs> man, that's crazy. And uh, anyway, I I worked in Vegas as a bartender and bar boy, mm -hmm. and uh, we got uh, I saved some money because I didn't gamble. I I went to on the way out of work once. This oyster, we worked in a place called the Oyster Bar that mm -hmm. was right off one of the casinos. Mm -hmm. And um, Bobby Dare came in there. Whoa. And I, Mr. Dare, can I get you served? And he said, No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, um, We started chatting, and I told him about acting. Because he, Dick Clark, so Bobby Dare was the most talented guy he ever saw. Mm. Yeah. And that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good yeah. if Dick Clark's saying it, yeah. And, uh, Bobby left, and, and then uh, in comes Louis Armstrong. Seriously? <laughs> That's a pretty good gig you had there. Oh, man. It, it just it was feeding that thing in my head. That show busy thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Armstrong and I talked for like over an hour. He got a bowl of soup, and he was just getting ready to go on somewhere in, on the strip. And... Uh, Yeah, he helped. He encouraged me. He said, you got to do this, my you got to do this, my <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the part of the story that's really important is that you were gorgeous. I mean, you were ridiculously gorgeous. You still are, but you were, oh my God. You, you, were, you were literally the teen pinup perfect 16 magazine guy. Thank you, you were, no, yeah. My, my, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! So I'm imagining that while you're doing that, you're having a lot of girls, is what I'm thinking. No, no, because no. that wasn't my style, really. Mm. And um, there was one girl that was working with her parents, and we became really close, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's another whole area. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I I left Vegas, and I had I don't know maybe thousand bucks or so in my mm -hmm. pocket and uh, started working at this bar and uh, it was a gay bar actually mm -hmm. it was right across the street from a beautiful big theater called the Huntington Hartford uh -huh. and uh, the, the cast would come over after a play and it was a small bar but they would sit at the bar and they would talk about acting etc etc and I would, oh wow, this is really neat. And I get in on the conversation. And uh, one night a producer comes in. And he says, Michael, I understand you want to be an actor. How did you know that? So and so told me. What you have to do is study. Mm -hmm. Study. We <laughs> in school, <laughs> and he said, "No, no, you have to study acting and be on the stage, saying no." And so he mentioned a magic name for me. Her name was Estelle Harmon, mm -hmm. and she was pretty big and mm -hmm. tall. Mm -hmm. Had you heard of Estelle? Uh huh. I have. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, now I, I 
I go down to the sales. I've never done any of this stuff in my life. Like I go, I go in the actor's workshop and I, I'm in an actor's workshop. Man, this is really unraveling. Like this is exactly where you're supposed to be at this time. So what can I say? Hello, Selva. My name is Michael and she's I know who you are. How did the guy, the producer guy uh -huh. called her? Uh-huh. And uh, she gave me this scene to read. Oh, this is in here really. She gave me this scene to read, read from All My Sons. Uh -huh. It was a great scene with yeah. Edward G. Robinson. Mm. That kind of oof. Um, Had you ever read something out loud from had, no. had you ever done it before? I never read before. <laughs> 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 so I wait a minute, Estelle. She said, just take this and go over it. Just mm -hmm. read it. And it was a scene that Edward G. Robinson played mm -hmm. with Estelle to help my shish. And um, I came back in about 15 minutes or so, and she said, okay, let's read the scene. And I didn't like my father at the time, which is called emotional recall. Uh -huh. okay. That's what was going on. Mm -hmm. Even though it was a female and a wonderful coach, mm -hmm. I started to get pissed. Right there that, in your first reading? Uh, yeah, uh -huh. undertone. Uh -huh. And we read the scenes because he was making planes yeah, they were killing people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. some of the pilots were dying because they were ineffective. Mm -hmm. And we got done with the thing. And I looked up at her. I want you to come back, Michael. <laughs> Why? Because you've got something that I want to see. This gives me goosebumps. It makes me cry. No. And, uh, Never gonna charge you. Wow. She didn't. Wow. And she said, You live in the streets, don't you? You don't have a place to live. I said, No. And um, she let me stay at the workshop and sleep. My bed was the bed on the stage, oh. the prop bed. Oh my God. You slept in show business. You slept in show <laughs> business. <laughs> I couldn't, the only thing that pissed me off is that a lot of these, a lot of the people just wanted to be movie stars, right? Right. And they'd wake me up because I'd be half drunk yet, mm -hmm. seven, eight in the morning. And uh, I was going to rehearse that afternoon for something I was doing, but they would come in and rehearse, oh, we got to rehearse, we got to rehearse, you little bastards. <laughs> and so I went to the bathroom and I had to clean it up anyway, so I fell asleep on the toilet. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they did their stuff and I went back home and did, I did a lot of monologues because I didn't get along with a lot of the students. Uh-huh. And so I just said, Estelle, just give me monologues. And I did a lot of those, like two hours or so. Luther, I did Luther by myself. Wow. It was huge, huge step for me. Mm -hmm. And I I wore around town a, a, a robe, an old like tattered robe and stuff. And I had a rope around for 
a belt and a wooden cross and uh, and uh, and you walked well, around Hollywood that way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I was trying to be Luther. <laughs> That's hysterical. So, so what's the first? What was the first? Uh, what was the first break? This all happened, man. A girl at the box. This wasn't going on. All right. A girl from no asked me to do a reading at Paramount for some casting people. Had you had thoughts? Of doing movies, TV was I, that? You don't think that far ahead. You're just, say, yeah. Hey, I'm here. I'm here, and I ain't staying here. I know that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I, I went over to Paramount with her. First time I was ever in a studio. You know those big, huge gates mm -hmm. on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, the arch. Yeah, yes, and mm -hmm. um, the casting director. We did the scene, and the director was there for her movie. And uh, they went off together, and she did get the part. And I was leaving, casting director said, wait a minute, Michael. And I turned around and said, what? He said, I want you to take this. He gave me about three, four pages of a scene. And he said, Sterling Siliphant is writing a series right now, and I think he should see you. Wow. As we all know, Sterling, yeah, yeah. man. He said, go, go back over to Estelle's, learn as much as you can, and come back at 4 o'clock, and Sterling will be here. In one day, this all happened. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so the girl and I went, and Estelle helped us for that time. And we got it really pretty good. Mm -hmm. There were some words in there. I didn't even know what the hell they meant. Mm -hmm. So Stella's telling me what they meant. And I, it was about a guy in San Francisco, a young guy that came down on his motorcycle uh, to, with a bunch of scripts that he wrote mm -hmm. that he wanted to sell mm -hmm. at movies. That was the character. Mm -hmm. And um, we did the scene. I walk, we come back over to Paramount. And I was so starstruck. Sterling Silifon is a happy, brilliant man. Wrote a few things like in the heat of the night. Yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was sitting there. And I went over and shook hands, and my hands were sweating like hell. But the um, casting director said, okay, you guys, whenever you're ready. Mr. Sullivan was like that, and I could sense that. And we got done with the scene, and he walked over to me like this. Michael, I want to do this series with you. Oh, God! <laughs> Get up, Michael. <laughs> Mm -hmm. He was a good age. Mm -hmm. He only had a small stable, but 
really good agent. Mm -hmm. And he came in and said, I heard from her there. And I've been talking to casting. Oh, so you got an agent that day too? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's Man. a pretty good deal. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good day. That's a good day. That's a good day. I couldn't believe it. I ran back to Estelle's. <laughs> oh, no. It was, how the hell? The phone rang. And Mr. Soliphant and the agent were standing there. And casting said, hey, it's for you, Michael. What? What do they do now? <laughs> oh, man, no. <laughs> it was Howard Koch, who happened to be the president of Paramount. Jesus. At that time. And he said, Michael, I want you to come back tomorrow. I want to meet you. And I'm setting up a screen test. Holy shit. In one day. This is a movie. This is right out of a book. I played the white guy. Oh, my God. This is what exactly happened in one day. Oh, my God. I ran back to Estelle's. And she was standing outside. Yeah. And a big smile on her face. The casting guy had called her. They knew each other. And I started to tell the... And that was it. Sterling did not do the pilot, but he, because of that, I met some little guy huh. named Aaron Spinner. <laughs> <laughs> was he really it? little? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you told us the Mod Squad story, how he stood on the thing and he... Yeah. And he... And so you didn't want to do it because you didn't want to... No, I'm not going to rat on my you friends. What is that? Okay. It's left over from the streets and I wouldn't have got that in there. And that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> Aaron jumps up on his desk like I said. Stop, my stop. That's exactly... Okay, so you... So, you, so, you, so now you do Mod Squad... And your whole life changes. Life has to change. Yeah, I didn't get it at all. You, I was walking to work. I was still walking to work to shoot the pilot for Mod Squad. No kidding. Yeah, I was staying with a buddy of mine because I didn't have. Any you still place. didn't have a place. You didn't have no, a car. Nothing. And uh, I was walking to work, and on the corner of Paramount, there's this huge picture of the three of us. There's my picture up there. I can't even... What, what, what did that feel like? Well, first of all, I, I just thank Ma and Estelle and a few other people. And I said, you know what? If I, I walked a couple blocks further, mm -hmm. and there's the Hollywood Freeway. Mm -hmm. I said, a couple months ago, Michael, or no, maybe about a year ago, you were sleeping under there. And now I'm walking back to work at Paramount. That's so crazy. Underneath your billboard. Yeah. Oh, God. Man. And I felt more comfortable under the bridge than <laughs> at Paramount. So how, how, so you start doing the show and, yeah. and you guys, it hit very fast and very hard. Very fast and very hard. Well, it was me when we met. They all, they all wanted Peggy, they wanted Peggy, but she was hanging around with some little guy that had a band called the Beatles, with Paul McCartney. Oh my God! Yeah, I almost dropped the phone once he called the stage and said, <laughs> Peggy there. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. McCartney. He called? Yeah, they were going out together. They were an item like. Really? I, don't I don't remember when he was going no, out with Peggy. No, it was before. Was before my school. 
Wow. And, uh, oh, so it was before she was like before famous. Quincy. It was right. Well, way before it's, Quincy, yeah. Yeah. She liked musicians. So, um, so how when you first met Peggy and 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 Clarence, like, was it instant chemistry for you yes. guys? When I walked, I'd heard of Clarence because he's a Broadway guy, mm -hmm. and I've heard of him over at Estelle's, mm -hmm. and he, you know his reputation as a brilliant actor mm -hmm. preceded him, mm -hmm. and so the day we met, going over to Aaron's office to meet Clarence. And I said, hey, Mr. Williams, shake my hand. He said, Michael. And then Martin, like this was it. With our hands, and we got that shake. And Aaron was standing right over here. And he was watching us. Mm. And something worked. Mm. We became instant friends. Wow. Instant friends. And then it turned into loved friends. Mm. And Peggy came. <coughs> When Peggy came to work, if you, they wanted her, like I said, Peggy was hired then, and uh, we were on location somewhere out in the, like the desert or something. And she had been really running around and working very hard. And we were sitting in the back seat of the car that was going to drive us back to the studio, and she said, Mick, I'm really beat. Can I lay down? She said, yeah. And she, no, that's okay. I'll just put my... She put her head on my lap, and this, I started to stroke that beautiful, beautiful hair, and it just went right into me. I realized I loved this person. That came across with Peggy, too. Oh, totally. You know, I, I was going to ask this question before we went on the air, and I waited till now to ask it, but was there ever... Did you and Peggy ever? No. We made a law, mm -hmm. and it worked beautifully because we really were fond of each other. Mm -hmm. But then Quincy came on the scene, and that took care of that. Right. And Elvis. Right. <laughs> she was with Elvis? For a little while. Wow, that girl's had a life. We got to talk to Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> you can get her. She's got a book. I would, oh. Called Breathing Out. Will you introduce me to her? I would love to talk to her. I, I can't say I will or won't. Okay. You we have, have a to. bond, the three of us, that you would never, never invade anybody else. I totally respect that. Thank you. I respect that totally. Uh, so, all right. So, so you have a bond that you're not gonna go there. Right. We, we said these characters mm -hmm. cannot. It's a different show, totally. Right, Ben. That if we got okay. together and yeah. we're boyfriend and girlfriend, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, totally different show. Absolutely. But we would get that look every once in a while. Oh, uh, that that chemistry was always yes. there. I mean, I I yes. always felt that on that under. Yes, it it, uh, it made me feel comfortable because those two mm -hmm. had been around before, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what the hell was going on. Well, how about in real life though? Did you guys have a spark in real yeah, Claire life? And I, no, no. Clarence and I had a spark of loving friendship, mm -hmm. and we hung out all the time, etc. I was really hanging around with Pete and Link. Put <laughs> it on the street, cause accidents. And shit. Oh, God. We had a black man and a white man. Mm -hmm. that, that wasn't, at that time, wasn't that mm -hmm. 
Ooh. Those were the civil rights days. I mean, Good. I was marching and stuff when you guys were doing that. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I'm sorry about. Okay, so so and so, the, so you're walking down the street with Quince, and and you also told me right before we went on the air that you guys are as about as close now as. Um, yes. Yeah. Clarence is. Uh, Clarence went back to Broadway. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of plays. And then he started doing a few really good movies. And he was, he was a powerful actor. Mm -hmm. And Peg started doing Twin Peaks, I think. Right. Not too long after that. Mm -hmm. And I started doing guest shots and this and that mm -hmm. and whatever. Uh, and some cat on a hot tin roof came along there not too long after. And, um, but in. Who was in, your, who was your, um, when you were doing Cat on the Hot Tin Roof, who was your Maggie? I wished it was her. Hmm. Really? Were she you, did are a you lot an actress? Plays. No. She okay. was. Yeah. Her. Anyway. Um, who was your Maggie? We had different ones because I took it around the country. Okay. And. Um, Anybody that we'd know? No. Okay. The very first one. I didn't think, I wasn't really getting that, you know, mm -hmm. like, gotta be fed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I called the zoo in New Orleans. That's what we were shooting. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, this is what Mr. Williams wrote it. Yeah. And I called the zoo and said, what time they knew what it was, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, what time do you feed the tiger? at four o'clock. So I said, can I come down? I said, are you kidding, Mr. Cole? We will up all of them. And uh, so I went down there the next day at four o'clock. And the guys were there with their bucket with the meat in it. Mm -hmm. And that tiger was a Bengal about two years old or so, maybe a little older. But he was back in the den like, so they could put the meat out. In, in front of them in the mm -hmm. middle of the cage and then they put a bowling ball <laughs> alongside a the nice meat. callback <laughs> yeah um, and then you know they came back out thank god and all of a sudden boom they opened the door and the first time I saw him was uh, he had this he came in looking out the thing teeth are in there Fangs or anything. Oh man, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it started to cut down for like the creeping. And the paws was like this big around. Magnificent beast. And he started creeping over to the meat. And then he saw the bowling ball. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell the bowling ball was, of course. But he thought it was going to get the meat. And so, like in about two, three steps, bang! Mm -hmm. He knocked that bowling ball like a ping pong ball around the cage. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. And uh, grabbed the meat and went back into his, to his house like that. And that's, I said, that's Maggie. She was after Brick's money and mm. Big Daddy. She'd do anything to get it. That cat is Maggie the cat.
cat. Wow. So that's what I used as an actor. Uh huh. That's terrific. And that was that was very clever. What, the first opening scene of the cat is when I come I come in in my bathrobe and mm -hmm. one crotch right because I broke my leg. It's in the bedroom, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, first line is Maggie. Do you want me to hit you with this crutch? As I will hit you with this crutch. So she go at her, and she got scared every goddamn night. <laughs> so you knew that your performance had to pull the performance out of the Maggie. You knew that oh, you had to pull the Oh, basically, yeah. She was scared every night, and etc. Uh, Big Daddy was really good, and, but as we went around to different places we had to change casts mm -hmm. and, uh, another thing that you did that I adored uh, was it Stephen King's it I didn't have much to do in that but it was fun to do it it was what you did was great very memorable it was excellent thank you it was excellent thank you, thank you. okay so let we we, we, we we I could sit here and talk to you forever we've been talking for an hour and a half but okay what I want to talk to you about before to say shut them what, what I want, what I want to give everybody a taste of before they read "I Played the White Guy" is how did you hit your bottom? How did you and Shelley connect? And how did you get sober? What what happened? It was um, a few years after that, and things started to dry up. I moved through the woods. I got divorced again, and I moved through the woods mm -hmm. in Mulholland. Mm -hmm. And um, Louise lives up there, kind of. Mm -hmm. And um, there were some cabins up there. Mm -hmm. This was really up on top. And uh, it literally was a log cabin. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get the hell out of everything. I knew I would miss my daughter from when I had the second marriage, but I wanted to, I had to get out of there. Mm -hmm. um, How long were you married the second time? Uh, it was a couple of years, few years, but I was really drinking and it was my mm -hmm. fault. I'll take the weight. Mm -hmm. A beautiful girl named Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Sunset hair. Mm -hmm. The Irish Colleen. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, I, I moved up to the mountains and stayed there for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, drinking? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my two cats. Mm -hmm. uh, one day I got a call from a friend that said, why don't you come down to this restaurant? There's a really good jazz singer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went down there, and why not? And I walk in the place and I was with, uh, with, with some friends. And there was, I knew somebody that was sitting at the bar and she was sitting next to that one. <laughs> And okay, wait. Um, I'm bringing over a chair. Shelly, now you are going to come and you are going to join us because now you're part of the story. So now everybody out there is going really to get to meet you and um, you're going to get to tell this story. Come on. Come, come, come. She's, she's so come. cute. She's so cute. And um, come, come you sit don't with have to us. Talk. You just have yeah, you can, you can you just can, have to glow, which you, you do can, anyway. You can just, yeah. So this is, is Shelly Cole. Yay, thank you. Okay, so tell us the story. Tell us how this happened. Mirror. Whoever wants to tell the story. I went into this restaurant. Wait, come on, sit up so that you don't know, he doesn't have to turn around. And... 
Do, are we still all in the frame? Yeah. Okay, cool. I went into this restaurant, mm -hmm. and there was a friend of mine, an old, I'd known her for quite a while, and I said, hi, how you doing? She introduced me to Shelly, and it didn't take but 15 seconds. <laughs> and there was a guy sitting next to her who was drunk, and he kept going like this, trying to get closer. <laughs> Right between them. Became the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> he was your bowling ball. <laughs> he almost used his head. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I'm like this, and we started talking. And, uh, and are you drunk? No. You're not drunk? No. Okay. I don't think. No. 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 She wouldn't have gone for that. Um, and we started talking, and we, I learned so, how did somebody this pretty, and she's got an incredible job. She was with Rolling Stone, I think, at the time. Oh, wow. Rolling Stone, yeah. What'd you do at Rolling Stone? Well, my career was in advertising sales, so essentially for all of the time I worked, it was between Rolling Stone and GQ. I did two tenures at both of those magazines, and then proudly, Briefly, um, oh, I was involved man. with George, which was John oh, Kennedy. Oh, yes, I know. Oh, God. I got to see him once up close at a, at a fruit stand, and I, I'm, I gather you had dealings. Yeah. Oh, what a... Yeah. Wow. Mm. How's that? Yeah, that's something. I mean, if it's good enough for Kennedy, it's probably good enough for me. <laughs> Those are some pretty great magazines to yes. be working yes. for. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. We just talked talked about the Lakers, talked about um, showbiz, talked about Camus. Yeah, we went to Camus oh. and the Stranger and some mm. philosophy and stuff. And I didn't want this to end, mm. so it was closing time. And I asked her; I didn't know what the hell she'd say. Look at that look on. This is not my venue. And I asked her if she wanted to come up to the cabin. Mm -hmm. And I did not, I swear it on my mother's life, I did not have any alter, ulterior motives. Because mm -hmm. there's not much sex in Camus. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, before you finish, had you been a fan? Oh, yes. And, and the well, you, you weren't a fangirl like I'm a fangirl, though. No, but the, the, the irony is that I was very young. Mm -hmm. And my first husband was with the ABC affiliate in Portland, Oregon, and his job was to promote. Oh the, my God! The celebrities in the new shows in those days, Richard. Uh, uh, Richard no, Chamberlain. No, no um, <laughs> Robert uh, Constable. What was his name? Anyway, Room Robert Two Twenty Two. Oh, oh, Constantine. Uh, Constantine. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, that was Michael. Michael, right, Michael Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. Anyway, and we were supposed to have had dinner to PR, with, the to PR the show. Michael was on tour with Clarence. We were supposed to have had dinner together. And they pulled Michael and Clarence <laughs> off the tour because they were um, incorrigible, basically. And so <laughs> we, at the time, I ended up having dinner with Ty Andrews. So fast forward. That oh, is crazy. It's crazy. And the number of times when I moved to Southern California that 
we were at the same yeah. room in the same party at the same place, but never. Oh, I always this say is a that, movie. I played the white guy is a movie. I always say the universe protected me because <laughs> until he was ready. Exactly. Oh. Okay. So how? So how did that? Okay. So you guys get together. We're gonna fast forward to. You, how how quickly do you realize that he has a problem? I think uh, I chose not to see. I think we were having such a wonderful time and mm -hmm. I went to my job and loved my career and could get off work and rendezvous with, with Michael and we how could have I, a drink and I had dinner and I would then go home because I had to be at work the next day. So he was able to Camouflage, I think, and mask it from me, and I also think I didn't want to see it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of the codependency issues. I'm in that program too. And uh, eventually, I it became clear to me, and I knew how how long. I think that was we've been together about four years. Yeah, and um, years. And I just finally realized I needed to get some help, mm -hmm. and I did. And then I knew that I had to be able to. I wasn't about to give an ultimatum I couldn't keep. So I had to get strong enough to know that I loved this man enough to say, I can't watch you kill yourself and or, or your career. I, I you know, like and so thank God, you know, I was eventually able to find an expert in recovery that he met with and was willing to and spent about six months with Ray. And um, I remember at the time thinking there was not, you know, uh, the use of any medication to stop him drinking. It was all about Michael saying he wanted to control his drinking, and in my mind, an alcoholic couldn't. But this was the the way he was approaching this. And um, at the end of those six months, it wasn't working, obviously. And there were a number of lots of tears and cajoling and all of the things. And I finally just said, "This isn't can't work." And so we did an intervention, and uh, it was that day. Um, Ray said, Michael, I can't take your money any longer. This is not, clearly you can't control your drinking. This is not working. You have one arm around the bottle and another arm to steady Dude. yourself, and I um, doesn't leave. An arm for, she for, for Shelley. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we presented him options of treatment and of course he fought that initially because it was too frightening to even imagine mm -hmm. but that day when we left he was three days later at Betty Ford and that's our miracle so. and how many years ago was that? And we met in 1989 I don't know. and then we, 20 we were so. married in 1996 so I, I waited to make certain that you know sobriety was Part of our lives and how that changed our relationship and, and so it was there any because sobriety do, I'm sober and sobriety does change a relationship my marriage actually fell apart when I got sober because we've been getting high together and so that didn't you know we stayed together many years after that but it was a problem so how how was that transition from party boy Michael to sober Michael, which I'm sure... I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I knew I didn't want to lose her. Mm -hmm. And it was well worth it to me to not drink.
How hard was that when you first? It, 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 it was more confusing than really difficult because Shelley was there. I think there's two foundations, or a couple for me anyway, um, to sobriety. Mm -hmm. And uh, one is you, somehow you have to find some kind of faith, mm -hmm. some kind of... A higher power. Uh, that works. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other is to be fortunate enough to be loved mm -hmm. by somebody that you respect. Not everybody has that. I know. Uh, uh, a lot of people get sober who don't have that. I, you're, you're lucky. I'm you're very, very lucky that very you have lucky. that because a lot of people have to ride that road alone. They bottom out and they don't have that. I saw a lot of relationships at Betty Ford yeah. that had the same situation. That the relationship couldn't su survive mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. um, one person got sober. And some people aren't in a relationship, but their life, their yeah. life crash, their lives crash, and they have no choice but to get sober, and they do it alone, you know. But but that's the thing is nobody ever has to do it alone. That's right. And that's the miracle. It's a we thing. I don't know if you have program, but program's a huge part of my life. I've been to five meetings this week already. Wow. Yeah, I go to a lot of meetings, do a lot of service. You know, do I? Yeah. In, in the past, I've done a lot of service, and and um, it's what kept me. Sober and it right. also changed no, that's a my lesson. life. It's a lesson for everybody, any alcoholic or drug addict or whatever. If we can do it, believe me, you can do it. Absolutely. And and how so? Quality of life. Let's talk about that for a moment for people that might be thinking, oh, maybe I want to get sober. No, I don't want to get sober. How? What's life like? How did life? transition for you as a sober man you spent a long time getting drunk I spent a long time getting high what's life like as a, as a sober person the most important thing is that I can fully give and receive the love of Shelley hmm. that's off the top and that's that's one of my God things um, the, 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 it has never really bothered me. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the st stubborn Irish, once I made the, once I made the click, mm -hmm. like Brick was always looking for the click. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I really had to stick to that and made amends, how's this, because of Shell, mm -hmm. made amends I called my ex-wife, the mother of the two children. Oh, right. We're going to go full circle now because you yeah. were saying that Shelly helped you get back with Jeff. Okay, so what happened when you called the wife, the ex-wife? And I told her, is it, what do you think of me calling? Because I didn't, the last thing I wanted with Candy and Jeff was to, uh, I'm thinking of my biological father. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So that was food, actually, to... Not gonna be like that. Not gonna hurt any more mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And uh, she she was more than happy. Mm -hmm. She was really happy that. And she said, "Absolutely, call." She called them first, mm -hmm. and uh, they weren't living together by at that mm -hmm. time. But she called the two of them and said, uh, "It's fine with Jeff. 
Let's find the candy. It's because of her. And I called them. And uh, this was pretty scary kind of at first. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff? Oh, she did? She told you. Okay. And he was wonderful. Aww. Just wonderful. And no, so then we talked about needing. I, I how how old was he? One. No, 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 no. no wait, when you oh, when you called him, I, I think he was probably in his forties with his own family, family, family yeah. and grandsons. Beautiful wife, mm -hmm. Kelly. And, Bless you. And uh, so we we got to meet. Mm -hmm. And both of us, our stomachs are shaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I said, I'm going to come back there. And so and so in about a year. But is it okay if we meet? Yes, I want to do that too. Mm -hmm. And his wife is beautiful. And so as time went on, those months went on, it got closer and closer and closer. Mm -hmm. Hey Jeff, you still want to do this? <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, yes, we have to, man. And you haven't seen him since he was one year old. Uh, he didn't oh remember me at all. But you know, there's a weird story. Well, did, but did he watch you? Like, did he? Yes. This, this okay, yeah. feeds into. Uh huh. He was at like in second or third or fourth grade or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know how the teacher always writes her name on the blackboard sure. the first day of school. Then she wrote her favorite actor. Now Jeff is sitting there. Oh my God. Come on. I said Michael Cole. Now he knows this, mm -hmm. that, he's, that that's my biological father. Yeah. So he's got to carry that weight, didn't say a word. Wow. Carry that weight, went home, told Sharon. And you know, it's about a year on every cover of any magazine, etc. Lunchboxes. <laughs> and lunchboxes is right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it kind of was, if you feel strong enough to do this, if you want to do this, I really want to now, man. And we talked like that and we were, became really good buddies over the phone. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And Candy. Mm -hmm. Candy was very withdrawn a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, we're going to come back at this particular Can day. you imagine what it must have been like for her as a girl when all her girlfriends probably had a crush on you? I mean, no? Well, it was... They were younger. They, 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 oh, yeah. They were younger. They were parents. Their parents. Oh, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Her right, teacher. Her teacher. Okay. Right. Drift's teacher. Um... And as it got closer to the time to go back up, hold Shelly for some kind of security every once in a while. And, and Jeff would say, hey, I, I, are you okay? Yeah, are you okay? Mm -hmm. and we're both quivering. You know? And um, we got to do this. Mm -hmm. Like the Nike hat, just do it. <laughs> and uh, came time. We flew back to back to Madison, Milwaukee, and then you had to get a mm -hmm. my buddy 
drove us into Madison. And we stayed at the hotel where it was the last place I was at before I left. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the next day or so, right on the lake, you can mm -hmm. see one of the lakes there. And uh, Jeff called and said, okay, man, here we go. I said, all right, man, I'll be down in the lobby. I went down there. Shelby was with me, thank God. And uh, I, uh, there were a lot of tears. It was yeah. really. But it was solid, yeah. nice, good, good tears. Yeah. Warm, real. Mm -hmm. did, did he look like somebody you know? Like, did he look like you? Did he? Not really. Mm -hmm. I think he favored his mom mm -hmm. and the, her family. Which was fine because she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and we just hugged each other. And his mm -hmm. wife, Kelly, was a magnificent friend, warm, happy, and Shelly was there. And they got along beautifully. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I gave her a hug and I said, I'm hugging my daughter in law. Wow. This is a gift of sobriety, by the way. That's very this, good. This is a gift of sobriety that happens. It never happened anywhere else, mm -hmm. any other way. Mm -hmm. And so we went out to dinner and uh, solidified. He rode, drove us around Madison to some places where I used to stay and I used mm -hmm. to sleep. <laughs> and uh, you know, pretty much because, you know, my history. And, mm -hmm. and of course, then from that, the gutter to the mod school. And he was very, very, very uh, not affected by that. Mm -hmm. But he, in his heart, he was. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know? Because it's your dad. And have you, con and have you continued to have a relationship? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he calls all the time. Mm -hmm. We're Shelby there. We have an event, book signing in, in Madison next month. So oh, nice! Sold out. We just found out. So we're going to see a lot of people that probably Michael. That's so fantastic. And to do that for your son is kind of like giving your own dad to you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly That's exactly where I was coming from. Yeah. That that gave me the strength and the need not to be like my biological father. Mm -hmm. And uh, and how about I Jennifer? Like, Are you in touch with Jennifer? Oh yeah, she lives in in our. <laughs> she's local. She's local. Yeah. Mm -hmm. she's <laughs> and you guys have. Do you guys have a child? There's no. a child. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I was asking if you guys had children. I didn't know at what point you guys came together and whether that was. No, we have. We have had a few critters. <laughs> you have your furry children. Deeply love, but uh, never had children, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because Shelly had me. If was anything closer <laughs> than a child, yeah. it was me. Yeah. And she pulled that off. So. So, well, uh, you know, I, um, I feel very emotional being around the two of you. It's beautiful to see. Um, Thank you. Uh, from the moment that I opened the door, it's so apparent how in love you are with each other, and it's beautiful. And um, I want what you're having, and um, I want all of you to have what Michael wrote, which is called, I Played the White Guy.
And, um, and Michael's going to be back here um, on Tuesday, June 26th, and he's going to read from he's and he's traveling, he's on book tour, so catch him, oh, show! 50 years ago. Look at that picture. Still, it was in the week or so, a couple of weeks in the paper. Wow. That's so still cool. 50 it, years ago. Is there a question that you... Um, Louise, can you look and see if there's it? Let's see. I, um, I, I would disrupt the camera. All right, let's see if there's... Um, Hey, nice. lucky for this great couple to have gone through this. Yes, go ahead, Michael. Um, speaking of my buddy Christ and spiritual foundation. This is there. a love story, by the way, is what somebody just wrote. Well, um, and the last line mm -hmm. that I could come up with was for the first time, things are truly as they should be, according to God's plan. Not mine. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, thank you so much for being here. This thank is you. Literally beyond a dream come true for me. And um, so I shouldn't thrilled. be in this picture. No, you too. No, 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 no. Um, uh, you are a big part of the picture. Um, and Louise, thank you so much for, that's, for doing this. And uh, thank you so thank much. You. And I can't wait to have you both back in the living room in June. Have a wonderful book tour. Everybody, I played the white guy. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in the bookstore. I played the white guy. What a read. I can't wait. Thank See you. See you next week. Thank you. It was beautiful. Yeah.